spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, and today my guest is Jeanette Thornley. Jeanette and I met quite a couple years ago, maybe three years ago now, and uh, became friends pretty quickly. She um, was one of my guests at uh, the PRI show a couple of years ago, and we stayed connected and we follow what each other's doing. She's a big supporter of the IWMA, which I appreciate. And so um, I wanted to have Jeanette on the podcast and we've been trying to figure that out. And so now the timing was right. And so today we're going to hear Jeanette and about her story. So why don't you start with a little bit about yourself and where you live and, and just, you know, a little bit so people can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, thank you for that, Belinda. I'm honored to be on your uh, program today. There's so much to share about where I come from, and uh, but my roots. I was born and raised in Oregon. I uh, spent several years in Baltimore, Maryland. I moved to Wisconsin to work uh, for the Harley-Davidson Motor Company. Uh, found myself back on the West Coast in 2009. Thought I was going to go back home and uh, spend some time there. Uh, then my Harley position provided me the opportunity to move to North Carolina, which is where the love of my life uh, calls home and I now do as well. So I'm in Statesville, North Carolina. Okay. And, and so um, you have family pets. What do you, what do you like to do when you're not working or, or racing your motorcycle? Well, I am 53 years old. And I have a strong passion for motorcycling. Uh, I have a beautiful uh, uh, blended family with uh, my husband's son and daughter-in-law and six and a half year old, actually, yeah, I guess six and a half year old uh, twin uh, grandchildren. I also have four uh, fur children that were affectionately adopted through various channels, um, three dogs and one cat. Um, and we, so we certainly have a full, a full home of, of different things and, and love, a lot of love. Yeah, that's awesome. The fur animals are just as much part of the family as the children are, that's for sure. Yes. So why don't you start with, uh, we're going to cover a lot of things today, but why don't you start with how did you, so you worked for Harley Davidson, that's probably where you got your, your interest in motorcycles, but how did racing come to be a part of that? You know, the, I mean, there, there was a clear, um, there was a clear point at which I, I sought out, you know, what I'm doing today. Um, but what's interesting as I, you know, kind of tell my story a little bit and reflect some, um, 
I didn't realize during my career with Harley Davidson and traveling to several of the Harley dealers that some of the big names like Johnny Mancuso, who ran a top fuel Harley, and Ray Price, who also was a big top fuel Harley uh, racer, um, I recall sitting on those machines back in the early 2000s, but at that point never said, I want to do this. I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, and of course I sat on them and got my picture taken on them, but I, you know, again, I didn't like go, hmm, this is what I need to do. Um, but then in uh, probably mid 2000, I found myself at a local track in Wisconsin as a spectator. And as with many, I found myself going, that looks like a girl. She's out on the racetrack. And they're like, yeah, girls can do that too. So the next week, you know, it was a bike night, um, you know, kind of Wednesday night bike night uh, bracket racing. And so next week there, Jeanette was, she had her little, her little street bike out there, you know, running these bracket races. But again, it wasn't like, oh, this is my future. This is what I'm going to do. Um, we were just having fun with it. And so we had fun that summer. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit, 09, I moved to Oregon and um, I was actually uh, spectating again, went to Woodburn, Oregon, drag strip, and there's Ray Price. Well, there was a group of, um, Steve Dorn was a, a big top fuel racer and had the support of Lattice Motorsports out there in Portland. Um, and, but several of the top fuel Harley racers were out there supporting their event. And I was, I was like, hey, I, I know this dealer. I wonder if he remembers me. And um, so we spoke and, and at that point I was in a transition in my life and, and relationship. So I was, had a little bit of extra time on my hands and I actually started to follow their team and learn a little bit more about what professional drag racing, you know, was. Um, you know, one thing I say is I, I'm not really a follower and it's not that I don't admire and respect those, you know, that have paved the way for us, but I didn't know what NHRA was. I didn't, I, I mean, it again, not, not for any other reason. I just was off doing my thing, but um, so Ray, you know, taught me, Ray Price uh, taught me you know, about the sport and, and I started uh, following that. And that was um, 2000, late 2010 and early 2011. Um, and mind you, I'm a six foot tall, healthy woman. And so as I kind of got more attracted to uh, drag racing, I was like, how, where would I fit in? I'm, mind you, I'm still on the West Coast. At this point, I'm single. Um, how could I get into racing when a lot of it's east of the Mississippi? Mm -hmm. And Ray was kind enough to um, kind of mentor me along. And through that relationship, I, I stepped into nitromethane. I decided that uh, I would have a better chance of him supporting uh, a bike being moved around the country on his uh, on, on his rig and and maybe getting his fellas to help uh, be support for me 
um, if I was playing with nitromethane, which was a love of his, um, and um, and it did it did work out. So I late 2011, I I signed up for a school. It was actually a, a fellow out of North Carolina as well that um, Johnny Beckers of Hawaii Racing had a school uh, that you could learn on their carbureted nitro class uh, motorcycle they offered they provided it for you and it was mid-year of 2011 I signed up and away I went uh, at the end of the year and I don't want to say the rest is history because there's a lot of memories and a lot of heartaches <laughs> through the years but that, that's kind of how it how it started okay so then why don't you tell our listeners for those who don't know what what kind of racing are you involved in now with your motorcycle? So the um, so I do quarter mile drag racing um, and in motorcycle nitromethane classes. There's actually three classes of motorcycle um, of the nitromethane class. There's a carbureted class that is called uh, Pro Fuel, um, the old Pro Drag class. If anybody is a follower of um, of drag racing for years, it, it has evolved some, um, but it's 121 cubic inch, uh, again, carbureted uh, motorcycle. The second step is uh, what they call a nitro funny bike or the old pro fuel class. Um, and it is a uh, high gear only injected bike. And I think the max cubic inch on it is 150. Um, estimated about 700 horsepower. And then the top fuel Harley bike is uh, the beast of the, the nitro classes of motorcycles. Um, some may have seen them on the NHRA circuit for the last uh, few years. And they are 200 cubic inch um, max and uh, injected. And many of them are two speed. Okay. So, and they're about a thousand pounds and a thousand horsepower. <laughs> so, and so, which one of those classes do you typically run? So, my career has spent uh, has been on the the I call it the the baby class, the baby nitro, one hundred twenty one cubic inch. Uh, we run about seven point three seconds, pretty consistently. Um, on a really perfect day, you can run in the 20s. Um, and there's been guys that have been closer to the 70s, but, um, you know, 170, 175 across the finish line. It's, I don't want to say it's fast enough because you know me, I, I, I want more and maybe I'll get there. But <laughs> so right now I'm in the carbureted class, which is actually, you know, one of the harder classes to, we have, we tend to be a little more consistent, you know, because, but it's also harder to tune to the air in the track. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you what, how, what's the fastest you've ever gone? So the um, mile per hour fastest, I've been 185. Mm. I was actually, this was when Ray was still helping me and he, he always had the mile per hour behind the motorcycle. Um, uh, so one, uh, 185 on that, um, particular, in that particular class, um, I have been 197 when I licensed 
for my top fuel Harley um, license. So, um, but on the carbureted bike, um, the quickest I've been is, is 7.207 and that was out in, in Sonoma in California. Okay. That's pretty fast on a motorcycle. My it is. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize, you know, because we see, we see NASCAR or whatever going 180, 190, breaking 200s, which is very fast as well. But on a motorcycle, that's a whole different story going that fast. Cause my husband and I are motorcycle riders and, um, he has a Yamaha FZ1, which is a fast bike for a street bike. And um, he, he's been over a hundred on it. And I was on the back one time oh. and I'm like, okay, that's fast enough. And it was, there was nobody around and it was, you know, but it's still, it's too fast to be going um, down the highway, but um, on the racetrack, you know, you're, you're going another 70 to 80 miles per hour and whoo, I can't even imagine. So I have a lot of admiration for anybody that does that, but especially women that do that. That's, that's crazy, Jeanette. It's crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun crazy, isn't it? Because it's your passion and it's what you love to do. Yeah. 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 So, um, you're going to be racing this summer. Can we, where, where could we go to look to see how to find out where you're going to be racing? Um, yeah. So, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit offline, but you know, the last year and a half has, has presented some, uh, disappointments and challenges and changes and, you know, not trying to deviate from your question, but okay. I, I honestly have not put a hard, firm schedule out there. Um, I have, uh, you know, through the grace of God, I continue to, to uh, you know, keep moving forward in any way possible that I can um, in life right now and um, overcoming some of the challenges and obstacles that were put in front of me. Um, I'm just kind of rebuilding, okay. you know, my purpose and, you know, this, this past, uh, you know, few months has been, you know, what, what once was a strong, strong passion of mine and kind of owned my life, meaning racing and the drive I had to be a top fuel Harley racer and, you know, not the first woman licensed, but, um, you know, potentially the first to compete in a, in a, you know, NHRA event. Um, it, it's kind of, it kind of put me in this, now it's become more, I don't want to say it's a burden, but it, it's more pressure and that's really necessary in life. Life is so hard as it is <laughs> that, um, you know, what I recognized in the last, you know, probably year is like, I need to step back and really evaluate, you know, what are my priorities and how can I have a great quality of life and give back to you know, the community and the support and the sport um, 
while keeping the balance with my family, my professional life and, you know, finances, you know, too. So, um, so let's talk about that a little bit more in depth. So we did have a little bit of a conversation before we got online. Um, I, you know, I follow you on Facebook, you follow me, we stay connected that way, even if we don't talk very often. And I was following what you were doing over the weekend and you went to a motorcycle rally. And those are the kinds of things that I just, I know I wasn't there, but I know what you brought home with you because they're so inspiring. And so, you know, make you really take a look at yourself sometimes, those kind of events. So we, uh, I asked you if you'd be willing to share about the weekend and, and where you are and some of the struggles and you, you said your life's an open book. And so Jeanette, just tell us about where you were and kind of what you've been going through and, and what the rally, what it meant to you to be there and what you brought home from it. Okay, sure. So I'll, I'll kind of back step a little bit and kind of talk about, you know, 2020 quickly how and and kind of what disappointments you know were out there that has taken me down the path you know of where I am today and that's you know it kind of started like on a high note high note 19 you know so November of 2019 I licensed I made um, licensing passes for my top fuel Harley license and I was successful. It was amazing. It was, um, I was so excited to, you know, Ray passed away in, can't remember if it was 15 or 16. I think it was 16. And, you know, when he passed away, I, I don't, I don't believe my dream was gone, but it changed because I really thought he would be instrumental in, in getting me in that, into that top, top fuel Harley class. Um, you know, so I was, you know, finding my way through that. And in 2019, we had kind of put a plan together how, what this might look like and, um, and had a team put together and again, got my license. Great thing. You know, January rolls around and we're looking at the, the first event we've got Pomona coming out in 2020, um, with our team in the end of January, my stepdad passed away unexpectedly. And, um, you know, deaths happen. I mean, they they do, and I'm not saying that to be cold. Um, Pop had a great life. Um, he looked at me as his daughter of many years. My, my real dad died when I was six. Um, you know, so he basically was kind of the only father I knew. Um, and um, that was quite devastating given, you know, my mom, you know, now I have, I'm, I'm looking to help my mom. Um, so as I think as we age, you know, there's, there's a whole set of emotions that come with life and death and aging. Um, but anyway, so the end of January, he passed away. February, we went to Pomona with our team. We had some struggles. Um, we were set to go to Arizona in, in February, um, or the, was it February, March, whatever that was. And, and we did, again, we had a little bit of team struggles and then the team kind of dissolved. Um, and 
through 2020, I had a, um, a sponsor gentleman that had approached me to do a coffee business and I was going to be his ambassador. And then he asked me to be a partner and I spent six months kind of developing that, working with him. And then that all changed and I kind of left, was feeling deserted. Um, and fail, you know, like failure, I'm, I'm not capable. I, you know, what's happening. I'm so, I'm typically good at relationships. I'm good at business um, decisions. Um, you know, so much is like happening and changing. And then, um, you know, things with obviously 2020 in itself was, was had its obstacles. And as things kind of opened up a little bit, you know, we had a couple of events to go to and my husband was like, you wanna go test the motorcycle? And I was like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it, you know, and then he'd say, you want to go test my, I'm like, oh, you know, my back hurts, or I don't feel, good. you know, something, but I just kept coming up with this excuses, 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 and finally the season, you know, ended, and I got real up in my head in kind of a few days where I'd be in a ball in the fetal position, like, I don't want to move today, I don't want to get out of bed today, like, okay, this is, this is not me, mm -hmm. you know, um, I have overcome things and because I have a great network of people, women like yourself, women like Angie Smith and Kelly Klontz and, um, some strong women out there, um, that really step up and they check on you and they, you know, they kind of let you be where you need to be, but then push you through there when you need to be pushed. And I finally got real admitted to my husband what was really happening and I had the fear fear of failure so I didn't want to I didn't want to do didn't want to get out there and put myself in a position to fail again so when um I had admired this um this rally that I actually attended this this last weekend um I had I'd seen it as an op option several years in a row they've been doing this rally for 29 years, I believe. They started in 93. And it always fell on Bristol, Tennessee weekend, which was always, a, you know, fairly local to us and just a big, you know, an event that we would always want to go to. And so I never committed to it. And this year, um, back in January, I said to one of my close girlfriends um, out of Maryland, Deb, let's let's commit to this. I really want to go to this. Um, little did I know that, you know, come mid June, it would be like the perfect thing and the perfect time for me. Um, but anyway, so I committed this way back in, in January, even knowing that we had an option to be on the racetrack that weekend um, that I gave, that I wanted to commit to this and give it up. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, be asked to actually speak to the ladies there. And she said, in all these years we've done this, we've never had a racer, you know, come, come talk to us. But it, it was, it was really cool. I, you know, one of the things I want to share, the Mid-Atlantic Women's Motorcycle Rally is, is what I attended. Um, their motto, women helping women with the challenges of cancer. So that in itself was a really powerful 
thing to be involved in because what they do and why they do it is, is to, to help women, the two charities that they, they help with. But, um, it, you know, getting to the point of getting to York, Pennsylvania, it's a whole story in itself too, because I found myself Monday, an emotional wreck, felt incapable of functioning. And um, I'm like, how do I, you know, how do I turn another page, you know, in this, this book called life, you know, um, because oftentimes, you know, my friends call on me and, you know, we have our social media channels that everybody's looking at you, that you are such an amazing woman. You're so strong. You can do anything. And I'm like, I put all this pressure on myself that I can do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to get emotional, but. Okay. <laughs> but, but it helps to, to be real. And what I found um, in being real to myself in these last, last week was, um, you know, my husband said, you can't ride up there by yourself. It's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust the others, you know? And I was like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I can do this, you know, it's, it's only 450 miles, but I found somebody to ride with me. And so he was disappointed that he was going to have to stay home. And then I, you know, it was like, I, Tuesday night, I said, you know what? I'm still a little weary. You know, I didn't tell him this, but I'm thinking through again, you know, I'm still a little weary. So um, I'm, babe, why don't you ride up with, with Adeline and I, and, um, and then just spend the night and then you come back on Thursday. And he's like, okay, that's a great idea. And halfway up, I said, you know, I had an ulterior motive. I said, I wanted to get into my second spot and not think about, I mean, obviously you think about riding, you're still responsible, but I didn't have to leave. Mm -hmm. And so finding that ability to navigate through life and the obstacles that we have is really what's key into getting to that next spot, you know? Um, and I was so proud of myself because I was like, no, you can't stay, you need to go but that helped me get to where I needed to be. Um, and the weekend, you know, I, I, I did get to speak to the gals um, Friday night and again, very real about life is, is, you know, full of change and disappointments and stuff. And, and kind of one of my mottos is, you know, gotta feel the emotion, but try not to get stuck mm -hmm. and if we can move even if it's ever so slight sometimes it's in the wrong direction but at least we're moving right and we can you know we can potentially connect with that and and get redirected but if we stay stuck we never we can't get to that you know, next place so how many women were at the rally Jeanette we, so they had, I know like two, 25 or 35 pre-registered. I think they anticipate, I, I'm sure we hit the 250 mark. Um, I know last year when it got canceled, they were tracking at about, you know, a 400 attendee. 
Yeah. Um, but it was the right amount of women there. It was a really cool, you know, it was kind of self-guided, you know, there was workshops there. What was really cool is, you know, the workshops that they had there to kind of help educate, you know, grow professionally and personally um, and learn about, you know, some different opportunities that are out there. So, um, but it was just, it was just kind of a casual fun event. Um, Friday night, we got a little wild on the dance floor and did a 70s, you know, theme night. And uh, um, just, you know, I, you probably read my post. It was like, you know, all these like women that just to be able to disconnect if it's only just for a day. Mm -hmm. um, to, to step away out of the norm. Yeah. So, so it's just I, really cool. I know you brought a lot to the event for those women because you told your story. And you've told us, you know, some of the story, um, you know, you've had disappointments and challenges, just like we all have. And yet, like you said, people look at Jeanette, that's, a, you know, she has her, her Harley racing license, and she competes, you know, all over the country, and she's, everything's perfect. And it's not, is it, Jeanette? None of us have a perfect life. And, and we tend to hold back and not share the things that we feel like people would be disappointed if they knew about us. And so being able to be open and sharing that with those women. And then now today with me and the people that will listen to this is something that is needed more than, you know, and so I just, man, I just appreciate your, your willingness to share what, what, things do you feel like you took home with you from that event that's going to help you move forward and and not be afraid to fail because you know if you don't if you don't put yourself out there you're not going to succeed either so th there's a risk there's always a risk isn't there but um you're a you are a strong and beautiful woman and you will overcome this you know that but what, what did you bring home that's going to help you get back on that path? I think the, the biggest takeaway for me was, you know, the, the being, being truthful to myself. You know, nobody's putting this pressure on me but me, mm -hmm. really. I, I, I don't have anything to prove to anyone. Um, it's really the pressure that I put on myself. I mean, my husband supports me. He's, he's a wonderful person. He's intense at the track and a lot of people can't connect with that, but he, he really does support my decisions in the fact that, you know, that I didn't include him earlier in, you know, some of my thinking and feelings, you know, I lost a few months of potential, I guess, I don't know if recovery is the right word, but, um, but healing, you know, cause I've healed a lot since I was very honest and, and forthright, um, you know, with, with what emotions I had experienced. But, um, I think the other thing is, is, and I use that word failure and it really isn't a failure. It's, um, again, we, 
when we're in a competitive sport in, in a comp competitive society, there's so, so much judgment and so much place on, you know, what could be or should be, you know, and, and those things. And I, I'm like, okay, who am I competing with? Nobody, nobody but me. And, and, and I think that's really, um, I think that's really the biggest takeaway. Um, some of the other, you know, ladies that had set up their, you know, spots, um, you know, one is a women in coalition to help, you know, again, uh, motorcycling awareness. Um, you know, they're, I want to, now I want to get involved with what they're doing. And I was like, how do I find this time to, to squeeze this in? But, you know, again, um, having a cause and, and really something you're passionate about is, is truthful, you know, and everybody is involved, you know, they were very supportive of the racing. They wanted to know about my schedule. And I said, you know, I'm really in the, the position right now where I'm what used to be an outlet for me has now become a little bit of, of a, it's not a burden. Um, I'm just trying to find its place in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And if you've, have you, has it stopped being fun, Jeanette? Or? So when, obviously the one event I went to that, I, I raced and, and I was successful and I brought home the, the belt for the Friday night event and we ran numbers within two one hundredths of our eighth mile, you know, event. That's a lot of fun. Um, you know, but it's, it's a lot of work too. I mean, people don't see the countless hours that, yeah. you know, we, we put in off track, um, you know, and, and like many other race teams, you know, it's, it's just my husband and I, right. You know, we get there, we set up, we, you know, tear down. Um, we got to eat in between. I got to prep the motor home. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. And, you know, the, the time that we had with our family last year, really, you know, and again, I think the impact of my pops passing has really made me evaluate where I spend my time mm -hmm. and who I spend my time with. Right. You know, um, you know, there's some folks, I'm just going to put it out there. There's some folks that rather not see me at the racetrack for whatever reason. Yeah. It, it, you know, um, yeah, I'm a competitor. Yeah, I can win races. <laughs> you know, if I step into another category, you know, I might, you know, hurt the feelings of some of the fellows because I'm good at what I do. I'm just going to. That's right. I mean, I have, I have a skill that um, I'm very blessed to have, um, you know, but again, it, it's kind of like at this point in my life, you know, yeah, hanging out at the beach with them grandkids is a lot of fun. Yeah. And they, they are growing up so quickly. They and I don't want to blink and, and, and have missed out too. So, yeah, that's so true. You know, um, I was sharing with you that we sold our house last winter and we, and we spent some time in Arizona and my youngest daughter, Brianne had a baby in October and I was there, um, 
six days before she delivered him. And so I got to spend a lot of time with him this winter because when my other grandchildren were born and I have 14 all together, they were, I was working, I didn't live in the state they lived in, a whole variety of reasons. So I missed out on that baby, that baby time. And with little Huxton, I was able to spend a lot of time with him. And, and I was really worried, Jeanette, when I left to come back home, I said to Brianne, now we have to FaceTime because I'm afraid he's going to forget who I am because he's only eight, you know, he's eight and a half months old now. And so I said, I'm worried he's going to forget who I am. And she's like, oh, mommy's not going to forget, but you don't know you know, and we, he and I had bonded so much. And those times are so, so precious. And, you know, the first time we FaceTimed, as soon as he saw me, he laughed and he, and you could tell he knew who I was. So I felt so much better, but, (laughs) (laughs) but we, I think as we get older and you're way younger than me, I'm 65. We look at our life and we say, what really matters? What is it that when I'm done with this earthly life, what are the things that I did that really matter? And family is at the top. You know, my granddaughter's race, I try not to miss. That's why I'm back in Michigan for the summer. I don't want to miss out on that because I don't know how long they're going to do it. Um, I have grandkids in Arizona. I have a granddaughter in Texas. I just went to see her last weekend and took her to her first NASCAR race. Those are the things that I do not want to miss. I want to do those things. And and it sounds to me like that's kind of where you are. You're seeing that life is precious, especially this last year. We've everywhere around us, we've seen friends or people we know that passed away from COVID or a variety of other reasons. And we think, wow, I wouldn't have thought that we'd lose that person so soon. And so we need to sit back sometimes, don't we? I, I said 2020 was the year of stepping back because I think overall, everybody did that. We were forced to spend time with our families in our homes, which is not a bad thing, you know? Um, my husband and I spend a lot of time together, so that was nothing new for us, but, but it was a year of stepping back, you know? Even for IWMA, there was people weren't interested in talking about racing or telling a story about racing because they couldn't go to the racetrack and it was it was a subject that we were all depressed about and we were all like disgusted that we couldn't go to the racetrack and so nobody wanted to talk about it so i had to kind of step back from that as well and let it just let it ride and when racing started again now i'm busier than i've ever been So you're kind of at that point, aren't you, Jeanette, where going to the beach with those grandbabies is pretty special. Yeah, they, um, you know, and I'm, I'm honored to be their little transporter in the mornings. Um, I get, I go to their house in the morning uh, before uh, they're going to camp. And so uh, grandma takes them to camp and just hysterical I mean this morning I don't know where um Tripp who's the boy um came up with but he decided that you know 
we needed to go to New York City for Christmas, and then, but yet dad needed to go to Florida. And there were reasons for that, but I'll, I'll spare you the detail. <laughs> and um, I just, you know, and I said, you know, when I talked to him and he just, it was just so, so funny. And then McKinley, she, she likes the beach. So then Tripp came up with, well, how about you and grandpa and McKinley go to the beach and mom and dad and I'll go to Florida. And um, so it just like, you can't, you can't make that stuff up. No, you can't. So, <laughs> but you know, I don't, I don't think I'm done racing. I, I honestly don't. I'm just trying to find, you know, the financial needs and support are different. And so we're trying to find our way that way. And um, who knows? Right. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'll, it, it just looks a little bit different. Or maybe I... You know, I had a lot of ladies come to me over the weekends like, man, I want to do that. How can I do that? Is there a school to do that? And how, you know, and I was like, hmm, well, maybe Jeanette is a team owner and she can mentor and coach, you know, the next, you know, we need more ladies out there. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm a woman of faith. I believe that, um, you know, through prayer and, and listening to the messages that, you know, things will be guided and the right um, decisions and, you know, future will be you know, revealed. So, you know, we're kind of in a sitting, sitting game right now. But. Yeah. And the right thing will come along. And, and when you, when it happens, you're going to know that it's the right thing. Maybe, maybe Jeanette has a school to teach women how to race. You never know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those, those questions that people ask us or little, little something that somebody says sparks an idea. It was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that, but maybe that's where I will use my talents. So that's, that's pretty cool. You have a lot of, a lot of talents, Jeanette, and a lot of things to give to people as well as your talent for driving a, a motorcycle and racing at 180 miles an hour. Um, and so I, I'm sure you're not done because I, I can see that it's still, the passion is still there. It shows on your face. Um, so we'll just, we'll just pray for you to find the right answers and, and um, we're going to follow you and see what's happening. You're, you can't, unless you don't put it out there on Facebook, then I'm not going to know what you're up to, but <laughs> you're pretty good about sharing where you are and what you're doing. So try to. I do. I try to. Yeah. So is there anything that we haven't talked about or anything that you want to share that you haven't had a chance to say yet? Um, you know, just, I, I may have said this, but, you know, again, I, I think, I just want to thank my, you know, the fans, my family, my followers that really, you know, when I am having one of those moments and, you know, my husband was like, you need to clarify what you're talking about on that post because people think there's something wrong with you. And I said, there is something wrong with me. I, I, I mean, I ain't going, there is, I'm not right. There's a lot out there on my heart and, but little words are coming. And, you know, I feel like people want to hear from me and want to connect and I'm not connecting because I'm lost, you know? 
so um but you know as i've said you know multiple times i try to you know on social media is you know just thanks for being there for me you know thanks for lifting me up in prayer um thanks for believing in me again i i, I have a new set of leathers you guys are gonna love it oh um, awesome i am ready to debut them i just don't know when it's gonna be but um you know it's kind of going back to my roots a little bit so i won't spoil it but it, okay it's, you guys will you'll get the connection when when they're revealed and um you know so again we're not done we're just finding our way right now <laughs> that's right it's just it's just a page in the book and and you know nobody nobody can write our book but us and so we just have to keep turning those pages Jeanette keep moving forward and whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. I, I firmly believe that. So I as well. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I, like I said, we, you know, I've been wanting to have you on here. I had a, did a story about you in the magazine some time ago, but um, it just had never, I don't know, hadn't worked out. And then after I saw you over the weekend, I knew it was the right time that you had things to share that people, people need to hear men, women, racers, non-racers, doesn't matter. Everybody goes through stuff. As my sister would say, we all have stuff. And so um, I, I appreciate that you're being willing to share that and, and hopefully you'll help some other women. If somebody wants to reach out to you and maybe they're struggling and you could help them, is that okay? Or how would they do that? Um, absolutely. I welcome it. Um, you know, I get, you know, I, I do get several messages um, that I am, you know, willing to engage with folks um, through social media, you know, primarily. Um, I do have a website. Um, it's probably needs a little bit of updating, but, um, but social media really is through messaging the best avenue to reach okay. me. Um, Jeanette Thornley is my my race page, um, you know, my private page, I pretty, it's pretty open. It's open to the public. I don't accept a whole lot of friend requests just because, and that's why I try to drive folks to the, to the race page, but yes, reach out to me and please, if you need an ear, um, you know, text message. And if you need to talk, I will give you my number because I believe that there's power in just a release valve. And sometimes it's just, you know, somebody out there that is non-biased and right. not immersed in it, you know. And sometimes, again, it's just being the ear. You just need to yeah. release it. It's almost like a, a pressure valve and you say, I feel better just from yeah. and getting it off my chest. Having someone who's not so close to the situation or family uh, we can sometimes be more honest because we know they're not going to judge us. Whereas our family sometimes tends to have opinions, don't they? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Indeed they do. Yeah. Well, Jeanette, I hope you have a great week. Thank you again for sharing everything with us. Um, I know that there's going to be people that really take away a lot of the things that you had to say. So I appreciate that. And we're going to be watching you. You know, I'm following you and, and hopefully get to see you race at some point here soon. Sounds good, Melinda. Thanks for all you do for our sport. Thank you. Ladies out there. <laughs>